Now we're going to have the final message of this beautiful Sabbath day by one of our elders, David Hope, entitled Deception, Deliberate, or Ignorance. Thank you, Mr. Young McGarvey. Good afternoon, everyone. It's good to see some of our visitors here, some we've seen before and some are brand new. And we want to welcome everyone and want to welcome everybody that has a chance to uh, look on the internet today if you're able to do that. Uh, I had the privilege last week of tuning in and I guess they made some changes or something, but uh, I got on early so I, so I have the computer on. And when services started, it wouldn't do anything. And I got on the cell phone. I took my one of our church uh, song, not songbooks, but uh, uh, sometimes it is a songbook, uh, phone book, and uh, called Sherry. I didn't call her. I texted her because she's usually back there in the back. You see her with the earphones on monitoring what's going on. And I said, well, I'm at Becky and Sharon's, California and uh, can't get the deal, it's not doing anything. She said, well, you have to, I don't remember what she said now, reboot it or something rather, but anyway, it worked fine then, but you just have to know what you're doing. But anyway, it was a pleasure to see everyone. I appreciate all the prayers for everyone. I mean, for uh, my daughter Becky and the baby, they ended up having to take a cesarean, and, and uh, so, uh, that gives her a little more bedtime, so my wife decided to stay another week or two. And, and uh, I'm learning how Reggie and some of our bachelors get along now. Need, Reggie needs to give a hint for bachelors on how to take care of yourself. I had my wife for 18 years. I'm sure my wife. My mother had me for 18 years, and my wife has had me ever since. So, you know, I've not really had a whole lot of uh, by myself time, so you all feel sorry for me? No, no way. Okay. What is deception? Have you ever been deceived? That's same, one of the same words. And uh, Art was talking, uh, kind of referring a little bit, when you start getting into the commodities and the futures and the stock market, speculation and insurance, all that, you know, and, or listen to a politician, you know. <laughs> Someone said, how can you tell if a politician's lying? Well, his mouth is moving. <laughs> but anyway, uh, have you ever been deceived? Well, I think most of us have, and it's a shame with life the way it is. You know, we, we have to read the fine print, and, and even some of the ads on TV, you know, you get this car for $189 a month, then you pause the thing, get up there real close and look at it, and great big down payment, and then a big balloon payment at the end. So it's not as, you know, it's... Not necessarily deception, I guess you could look at it technically because they give you the qualifiers, but you know, there's a lot of it going around. And uh, have you ever deceived anyone yourself? I'm not gonna ask for anyone to raise their hands. I think we all do sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, unintentional and sometimes it's deliberate, but a lot of times we'll do it unintentionally just to make ourselves look good, you know, in the eyes of someone, but uh, those things happen. And I'm going to give you just a little definition of it. Uh, there are a number of other places to look for that, but uh, uh, intentionally trick or mislead someone or somebody or hide the truth deliberately. And you can even fool yourself to convince yourself 
of something that is not true. And how many times do we do that? You know, that's why I think in the days of unleavened bread that, you know, it's good to examine ourselves and look and to see how we really stack up. You know, are we, is this really what God wants or, or am I fooling myself? But today we're going to see that deception has been going on in this world ever since man been put on earth. And according to the Bible, it will continue until Satan is restrained for a thousand years. And then he's going to be loose for a little season. He's going to be out trying to do it again. So buckle your seat belts and uh, cinch up your belt because deception is here to stay. I'm going to start off, and the Bible is just absolutely replete with that. I didn't realize how much it was until I started working on this, and I started putting some notes together when I was out in California, but not having any of my tools other than my Bible and my wife's uh, tablet, which I can't use the thing anyway. But anyway, and I got back home, and I thought, wow, well, there's a lot to this deception stuff. So, uh, uh, And I cut out almost everything I had on there, and, and uh, we're to give uh, Brian a, you know, a, a card or something or other for our scriptures so he can keep track of it up here. And he said, wow, my, that's a lot of scriptures. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, okay, well, but anyway, but that, I'm not going to read uh, everything, maybe. But I'm going to start off, and, and this old Bible is just, is the whole back's coming off, so I'm going to read the first few couple of scriptures, so and then the rest of it I decided to just go ahead and print it out, and it's got bigger print, too, and I can see better, and it actually makes me think I've got more material than I really do. But the first one, and, and so uh, prevalent, not prevalent, but we've, we've heard it so many times. We've just heard just recently, some of our speakers have talked about this particular thing, too, and maybe not in the, the exact concordance. But anyway, um, Genesis is the third chapter, right up here in the very first book of the Bible. Genesis is the third chapter, and I've got from verse 1 to 13, I'm just picking out portions of this. 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than the beast of the, than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, yeah, you shall not eat every tree of the garden. And we've heard this, like I said, uh, just recently, and I'm going to go through it pretty fast. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. You know, we eat all this stuff, most of it. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you know, this one, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. And was he being honest? For God knows that in the day that you thereof you, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and boy, you know, you look at it, and that looks really good. Pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. And I'm not going to go into all the dialogue, you know, blaming all the, each person. But anyway, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And the Lord heard, no, and they heard the voice of the Lord God 
In the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, the Lord God, amongst the trees of the garden. You know, they must have been pretty good-sized trees, either that or they're both skinny or something. But, you know, some, some trees really get big. You can hide behind pretty good. And, and uh, if we've done something wrong, we'd like to have a big tree to hide behind. I know I would sometime when I open my mouth and I shouldn't. And the Lord, verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree? You know, just, just by what he said, God had a good clue what they were doing. It's kind of like uh, catching a, a little kid with, uh, in a cookie jar, you know. they got stuff all over the face. Actually, it don't have to be kids either. Uh, I, maybe I've got enough time to digress a little bit. But my mother, you know, the latter years, she was almost an invalid, you know. My dad had to do almost everything for her. And she could move her, he, her wheelchair just a little bit. But anyway, my wife and I would take her shopping in Tulsa, and she'd buy little bags of candy for Clifford, you know, my dad. Well, one day my, my wife and I went down on a Sunday afternoon. Dad was out in fixing fence or doing something, and <laughs> Mom had chocolate all over her face. She was sitting in the wheelchair, and she was, you know, and Fran said, what are you doing, Mary? You know, because she's diabetic. You're not supposed to eat it at all. I mean, she's on insulin-type diabetic. And, uh, you know, it, you knew what she was doing. But anyway, so we, we, we give little hints away sometimes. Uh, anyway, who told you? And the man said, the woman whom you gave to me, she gave me to, gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Yeah, he, he didn't deny it. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. He deceived me. He tricked me. He lied to me. He, he, it's a certain fault. I'm a Satan of serpent's fault. But anyway, we've, we've had deception right from the very beginning, and we know where that led. Not too far from that, and we'll stay here in Genesis, so I don't have to wear my Bible out right real quick. Uh, go over to uh, Genesis 12, verse 10 through 20. And I think Steve or one of our men have got on this not too long ago, probably several of them. And... Uh, Genesis 12, verse 10. Most of you are familiar with this, but we'll read it. There was, and we're breaking into the middle of this, talk about Abram before his name was turned, changed to Abraham. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai, his wife, Behold, I know you are a fair woman and to look upon. You know, she's a beautiful woman. He knew that. Therefore, it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see you that they shall say, This is, or say, or say this is his wife, and they will kill me, and, but they will save you alive. So he, he was saying, you know, they're going to say, This is your wife, and we want her, and we're going to kill you. And he was afraid. 
Say, I pray you, you are my sister. Already he's trying to deceive someone. That it may be well for me, with me for thy sake, and your soul shall live because of you, or my soul shall live because of you. And it came to pass that when Abram was come to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair, and the princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house, and he entered, or entreated Abraham well for her sake. He, uh, and he had sheep and oxen and asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. Boy, you know, he was really going to set himself up. He was really going to pay uh, Abram off for his sister. You know, this is one of the customs they had. And, uh, and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, his wife. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So I might have taken her to wife. Now therefore, behold your wife. Take her and get the heck out of my country. Get out of here. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him that they went away and his wife and all that he had. So he got, he got expelled out of the country. And you think, well, Abraham learned his lesson, you know. He, you know, he said, well, was a close call, you know. Uh, got kicked out, so, well. But, you know, there's one of our, whoever was giving us, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it is right offhand per se, but anyway, uh, over in Genesis 20, not very far from that, but of course, Abraham was a little older by that time. His name was Abraham by then. God had changed his name. I'm going to go into all the story. And uh, Genesis 20, verse 1 through 13. I don't think I'm going to take the time right now to read it because I, I may be running a little short on the tail end. Uh, I have places in here I can shut off if I need to. Uh, I was going over this this morning after I got everything together and printed up and everything, trying to read and just see how much time I had to digress because I do digress. And lo and behold, my lovely bride called from California. So we talked on the phone. I finally had some, honey, i got to go because I'm not ready yet. So I don't know on some of this, you know, but I can cut off any time, and, and I promise you're not going to miss anything because there's hundreds of scriptures that I left out anyway. So, you know, I know all of you have scriptures that, that you can come up with to replace these that have to do with deception and uh, life's lessons. So anyway, but, but Abraham, did it. Abraham did it again. And to top that off, Chip off the old block, Isaac. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, these real good patriarchs? Isaac did the same thing. Don't tell anybody. But just don't tell anybody. But turn over to Genesis 26 if you want to, or read off the board here. Uh, Genesis 26, and I'll read that. There's not too many chapters. Genesis 26, verse 6 through 10 breaking into it again. And Isaac dwelled in Gerah and asked of his, and, oh, and the men of that place asked him his, of his wife, and he said, oh, she's my sister, you know, we're good. For, for he feared to say, she is my wife, lest said he, the men of that place should kill me for Rebekah because she was fair to look upon. You know, and I don't know, uh, uh, 
this this might have been something that Isaac heard about his dad, you know, and says, well, you know, a lot of times we, our dad does something, we think we can get by with it too. We, you know, we went out and party a little bit. But, uh, you know, Lot was around part of that time too, so Lot may have told him some of that. I don't know, but anyway. Uh, and it came to pass when he had there, had been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, took out a, or looked out the window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. You know, they were playing around like, you know, young lovers do. You know, something, you know, that you don't do with your sister. But anyway, Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is your wife. You can't deny that. She's your wife. And how said you, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, lest I die for her. So I guess if you wanted to take a moral out of this, just don't marry a good-looking woman. You know, if you're back in that time, get you some, somebody that nobody would want. And, uh, you know, back when I was younger, you know, and like some of you men, you know, we had to fluff ourselves up like an old turkey or something, you know, to kind of scare off all the young bucks, you know, that might be looking at our wife the wrong way, you know. And, and I admit, you know, I was very protective over my territory. Not that I owned her, but anyway, but I, I wasn't afraid of him. But anyway, but, but, but the principle still goes. You know, my wife was a beautiful woman, and she still is. And Abimelech said, What is this you have done unto us? One of your people might lightly have lying with your wife, and you should have, have or you should have brought guiltness, or guiltness upon us. Anyway, so uh, same thing, you know, Abraham did it twice, Isaac did it this one particular time, and we'll jump over and we'll stay in um, Genesis for a little bit before I move on. Abraham, Isaac, and now we know about uh, Jacob. You know, if you're familiar with the story, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know that Isaac, even though he deceived someone earlier, was deceived himself. Remember the story of uh, his wife and Jacob conspiring to get the birthright? You know, that they put on the, the sheepskin on him and because uh, Isaac was old and, you know, he couldn't see and, and uh, you know, he wanted to... Uh, Isaac to go out and get him some of this uh, venison and cook it, you know, and make him his favorite meal, and he was going to uh, uh, bless him. Well, uh, his wife found out about it, and she wanted uh, her favorite, Jacob, to, to get the blessing, and they conspired. I'm just, you know, paraphrasing all this, conspired against him, and, uh, you know, they even put a smell on him like he smelt like the outdoors, you know, he smelt like a ruffian man. He didn't smell like, a, you know, a cook or something. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, the cook smells that way too. Never mind. Uh, but anyway, so uh, he, he got deceived himself. Okay. And we're familiar with the expression, what goes around comes around. You know, that's modern vernacular of, of you reap what you sow. You know, that, some people call it karma. You know, the, the moderns call it karma. But... Uh, Anyway, Jacob got his up and too. You know, he, he had it happen to, um, see if I've been, yeah, I can read this. Um, 
Genesis, the 29th chapter, verse 1 through 31. Jacob went on his way, uh, went on his journey, and came into the land of the people of the east. And he looked, and behold, uh, a well in the field, and lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well they watered flocks, and a great stone was upon the well's mouth. And there were all of the flocks gathered, and they rolled a stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone again upon the well's mouth in his place. And Jacob said unto them, My brethren, whence be you? And they said, Of Haran are we? And he said unto them, uh, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, Oh, yeah, we know him. And he said unto them, Is he well? And they said, He is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, comes, and another one of them good-looking girls, I guess, uh, Rachel come with the sheep, and he said, Lo, it is yet high day, neither is it time that the cattle should be gathered together. Water you the sheep, and go and feed them. And they said, We cannot until all the flocks be gathered together, and until they roll the stone from the well's mouth, then we water the sheep. So I'm reading a little stuff that I don't really have to. And while he yet spoke with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, and she kept them. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, uh, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's oh, mother brother, that Jacob went near and rolled a stone, uh, rolled a stone from the well's mouth, and you know he's trying to make time with her, and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel. Now, don't get carried away. He didn't just automatically start into romance. This was something that was common back in those days. And you'll see in another couple of verses that uh, that's true. That, you know, this is kind of, we shake hands, we, you know, hug each other or something. But anyway, but uh, verse 12. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's brother and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her her father and it came to pass when Laban heard the tidings of Jacob his sister's son that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him so same thing you know it was just kind of a modern greeting like we do today and brought him to his house and he told Laban all these things and Laban said to him surely you aren't my bone and my flesh you know you're kin to me we've got flesh and blood together and he abode with him the space of a month Jacob probably really liked that. You know, he probably, hmm, I wonder where uh, uh, Rachel is. Anyway, and Laban said unto Jacob, Because you are my brother, you know, my brother, you know, this terminology, should you therefore, uh, or should you therefore serve me for nothing? You know, you need, you need to be paid. You know, I'm not going to get this out of you. Tell me what shall be your wages. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Here we go again. Uh, and Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give 
her to you than that I should give her to another man, you know, I don't even know, uh, abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed unto him but just a few days and for the love that he had for her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are, for, are fulfilled, that I may go unto her. And, you know, I'm sure he had a calendar or whatever, however they kept time, and he was pretty well set on the day, maybe even the time of day, you know, when he can get married, because she was a pretty thing. And Laban Gather, oh, gather together all the men of the place and made a feast. And they, they had a deal for about, about a week or so, you know, of these feast days. Uh, and it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to him. And he went unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah. Uh-oh, deception. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah his handmaid for handmaid and it came to pass that in the morning behold it was Leah and he said unto Laban what is this that you have done to me you know you've deceived me you've bewitched me you frauded me you know this is not right did I not serve you for Rachel wherefore then have you beguiled me you know same thing as Satan beguiled Eve over there and, and uh, we've been beguiled at times on things And Laban said, "It must be also, or it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Uh, fulfill her week, and we will give you this also for the service which you shall serve with, with me yet seven other years. So you're going to have to do this again." And Jacob did so and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel his daughter to wife. And Laban gave to Rachel, his daughter. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go any further. I don't need to read any more. But uh, anyway, but I thought for a long time that he had to wait another seven years before he got Rachel. Apparently, what I can understand from this and what some of the scholars are saying, that he went ahead and, and gave him uh, uh, Rachel anyway, you know, after that, that week that he was wanting because he didn't want to company and everybody else to know his deception you know he wanted to hide his reputation too so but uh, uh, my understanding is that he went ahead and got uh, Rachel at that same time so it he got a double whammy you know he got two wives at one time and then if you read further you see the conflict that they went through you know the jealousies and other things that went on but anyway, but you know, he he Jacob deceived his father and he really got deceived also in the beginning. So if we're deciding we're gonna have come out on a better deal with someone, uh, better weigh the consequences and see if we can handle what, what the penalty might be if we get by with it or if we do do it. Uh, I wanna move over to the New Testament and like I said a while ago, uh, a lot of a lot of scriptures in here in the Old Testament and throughout the New Testament too that we could go to to show you that show you consequences and things, but uh, we we'll try to keep it uh, uh, short as we can. Any questions? Oh, I'm not a teacher. <laughs> Curtis would be asking for questions. I guess a Red Red is this time for questions? Questions answered. Red says yeah.
We okay so far? Anybody misunderstand what I'm saying? Don't tell me if you disagree. Tell me afterwards. Round two. I'm going to go to um, John, the eighth chapter, verse 44. And most of these I'll be breaking into the middle of it like sometimes we do because we don't have time to, you know, set the stage on a lot of it. Um, John eight forty four. Jesus talking. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. But there was no, because there was no truth in him. Satan was a liar. No truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Satan is the father of, of, of lies. Acts 8 verse 9. Breaking into it again. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that he himself was some great one, you know, he, he just one really vanity filled, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, you know. Everybody really thought highly of this man, saying, This is the man. Or this man is the great power of God. Boy, does he have power, you know. He bewitched us. And to him they had regard because that for a long time he bewitched them with sorceries, with magic, you know, trickery. He bewitched them. So can that happen to us? Hopefully not, but, you know. Uh, Acts 13, chapter Verse 6 through 12. And when they had gone through the isles of Pathos, they found a certain sorcerer, here another one, sorcerer again, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, Bar which was with the deputy of the county, country, uh, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of the God, the word of God. So here's, here's uh, a person, you know, very interested like some of us, you know, that, uh, or at least how some of us were, very interested, wanting to hear the word of God, wanting to hear the truth of God, not some uh, uh, fantasy, some lie, something. But anyway, but uh, Elimus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation withstood them. So this, this crook, you know, got up here and was uh, withstanding him, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. You know, and, and there's probably people in your lives in the past that, that tried to get you from uh, following the truth. You know, you tell them, well, I think this Sabbath, you know, is something. And then they start throwing these up there, and I know some... Uh, when when I was on some of my jobs earlier, when I had a real job, uh, not self-employed, that uh, some of the religious people were the hardest ones to deal with. You know, they 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 wanted to make sure that uh, I didn't do all this 
commandment keeping, uh, you know, whatever it was. But anyway, they, they wanted they wanted me to not do that, not follow this Armstrong back then in those days. You know, this is, this is a false prophet. But we, a lot of us had a lot of problems, even from family members. Then Saul, who also was called Paul, fulfilled or filled with the Holy Spirit, set his eyes on him. You know, when you get get somebody in mind, get your focus. You know, you, you know, we we can do that, can't we? You know, if somebody is really trying to destroy our family, our children, or our friends, and trying to uh, corrupt them. And, and I say the same thing, well, I won't get into this, but, you know, somebody starts wanting to corrupt my grandchildren with some immoral acts, you know, that, you know, that you're born a certain way. You know, I, I let people live their life, and I don't be mean to them, but, boy, when they start messing with my grandchildren or my kids, uh, my, I'm not going to be friendly anymore. I'm going to set my eyes on them like Paul did, too, and, and uh, call a spade a spade. Fortunately, I haven't run on anybody yet that as big as Ethan back here, you know, that might challenge me. That <laughs> I don't think Ethan would do it. But anyway, uh, when I was younger, I would I wouldn't mind it because I could take them down. But now I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying I can do that now. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm just not a challenge, Ethan. Don't get me wrong. But when I was young, I could do it. I mean, not to you, but. I had a friend who weighed 350 pounds that took uh, two boot camps in the Marines. First thing he wanted to do, come home and, and take me down in a wrestling match. Anyway, my wife will tell you if he did or not. But anyway, I don't want to brag. <laughs> now, I'm not challenging Ethan, don't get me wrong. Hey, Jimmy, keep him in line. <laughs> don't, don't let him get up. It's not a, not a challenge. Okay, where was I? Uh, Paul, he set his eyes on him. Uh, I guess you got an excuse with bad glasses or something. Oh, okay, here he is. Set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of subtlety, you know, kind of like Satan, and all mischief, you child of the devil. Well, this sounds like. Uh, <clears throat> Forgive me, but it sounds kind of like our president, you know, calling people. Oh, you child of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease to divert the right ways of the Lord? And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell upon him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw that what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. So anyway, Paul, Paul cut short some of this perversion, some of this de, uh, deception that was taking place and wanting to take place. Now we'll go down, if you will, to Second uh, Corinthians 4. One through four. Seeing therefore, therefore, seeing we have a this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. You know, Paul speaking, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. And I think we can say that all of our men that I know. 
you know, do not practice doing the word of God deceitfully. You know, we may, and I'll speak for myself, I may not have all the truth sometimes. I may say some things that, that you know, that, that someone may disagree, but I'm not deceit. I'm not trying to deceive anyone and nor any of our other men or women out here trying to deceive anyone. But the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. So the God of this world has blinded the mind, has deceived and shut off. And, and you can even look so many places, even back this up and, and look at the uh, sower of the parable. The, parable of the sowers, you know, and, and uh, different ones, you know, where Satan's intervened and taken the seed out. Well, anyway, but this is another subject of itself. Of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Well, you know, it's a fabulous, wonderful thing to have the, the truth that we have, the understanding, and, and begin to uh, find out there's really a, a fabulous way, and, and when we see the benefits of, of, of proving this way and, and God uh, taking care of us for our obedience, boy, it is really amazing to do. And, and uh, I think earlier in our Christian life, you know, God is, I think, a little bit more willing to give us a nudge, you know, to answer a little prayer every now and then. Not that he don't now, but, uh, and he does. But uh, I think it's very common for... Uh, people to go home and say, man, you know, that, that preacher must have been in my, my bedroom, or not my bedroom, but my house this week, you know, from the, the message he gave, you know, and that happened so many times in our early days of being in a Christian, and uh, sometimes even now, <laughs> you know, especially when the minister finds out what you're doing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I have to keep track. I left my footprint, I mean, my uh, bookmarker. What was the last verse I did? Do you remember? I'm sorry? Okay. My wife's not here to interpret for me. For I am jealous with a jelly. See. I'm going to start there. For I am jealous over you with jealous, godly jealousy. I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve. So he's referring to Eve being beguiled. Through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity in Christ. So Paul is warning all of us to not be taken in from the subtlety of Christ. And, and, and Paul warns and other uh, the ministers and other the writers warn tremendously about being deceived and, and how to not be deceived. For if he that comes preaching another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might bear with him. So you're going to have to, you know, be careful and bear the penalty if you uh, get deceived by him. Second Corinthians 11. 
2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. Another example, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So, you know, some of these guys can, and maybe even women, can be very, uh, very convincing. Ephesians 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure and stature and fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro like we used to be and carried about with every wind of doctrine every teaching imaginable by the sleep of men and cunning craftiness. Believe it or not people are out there uh, some of them are knowing very well what they're doing. They're, they're doing it deliberately and whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Titus 1, 10 through 14. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake, for money. You know, they do it for money. They're not in debt for anyone's benefit. They're for money. And how much, yeah, I don't want to get into all this, how much money some of these uh, preachers make in some of these uh, churches. I mean, it's just, just unreal. One of them themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, and this sounds kind of like our president talking too, the Grecians are always liars, evil beasts, slow, slow bellies. Paul is really condemning these people. These people, he said, they are always liars. You know, you could quote me, and they did in the Bible. Luke quoted him, slow bellies. This is a true witness, you know. <laughs> Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. So we have to be careful then and even in the future, even now. Revelation coming down to. Revelation 9 verse, or verse, I'm sorry, Revelation 12 verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent, remember the serpent back in Genesis? Didn't go away. Still around. Called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. And he's still deceiving the whole world. And this is a future event. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So it passed again. And I heard a, a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation strength 
and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ and the accuser of our brother is cast down. And I don't know if that's happened yet or not. It, which accuses them before God day and night. So anytime you slip up, you better believe you've got somebody out here tattling on you, just like a little kid telling on somebody, you know, well, so-and-so did such and such, you know, they said a bad word. Anyway, but you know, but Satan, but uh, our Lord Jesus Christ is our advocate, and he's up here taking care of us. I mean, taking our point. He's our, ad, he's our lawyer, our attorney, day and night. They accuse him day and night. And they can overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. As some of us may may have to give our life sometime for what we believe. Hopefully we don't, but uh, you never know. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, that the bad guy is cast out. And you that dwell in them, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and inhabitants of the sea. You know, it's going to be really bad on earth and the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knows that he has but a short time. So since deception will continue and not let up, what are we to do? Any ideas? We're always going to be deceived. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 5. Here's some of the things we can do. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. You know, many times Paul said, I'm going to be gone. All of this stuff's going to happen. Uh, you know, in Revelation, John mentioned some things. Uh, throughout, you know, uh, Paul knew certain things were going to happen when he wrote this. And now you know what withholds that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of the iniquity does already work. Only he, he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked one, wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. So deceivableness, and there's so many things that we could talk about, about being deceived. You know, even deceiving uh, the deception of, of, uh, of money, of love, or, or pleasures. There's so many scriptures that talks about being deceived with, you know, things of this nature. You know, wanting to have the good life. And not that the good life is bad, but if we covet that, uh, you know, and, and some people think this this is if I just had this much money, if I had this job, or if I just had this wife, or this, or maybe without them, maybe that's their deal. Uh, maybe I, maybe if I could, anyway. But people do kill their mates. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that they might be saved for this, okay, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because now listen to this. And I've, I've, we've mentioned this many a time, and. And uh, I may overkill sometimes because I say it quite often, at least probably once a year in the message. 
because they receive not the love of the truth. Now, do we receive the love of the truth? I think most of us in here want the truth. I think we're here because we, we want more of the truth. We want, we want to understand more that they might be saved. They receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. We know so many scriptures that show how much better off we are if we understand the truth and if we obey the truth. And so many rich proverbs and psalms that talks about how, how good it is, how the light, you know, the light in my path. Well, Steve mentioned a lot of this here a while back in some of his, one of his messages. You know, the light into my path and, and, and uh, you know, my feet. Uh, and I didn't have this here in my notes here, but uh, I, I really understood, and I've got a couple of minutes, I'm going to run down them on my last thing here. But uh, when, when I was in California the last two weeks, and, and we were staying in uh, uh, my daughter Sharon's house, because Becky was still in the hospital, and, and uh, I've been in this house for, what, 20 years or something like that, and I've stayed in this one bedroom off and on over those years. I know what that what the layout is, you know, I can almost go through. I used to say I could go through in the dark, not anymore. But anyway, one night the lights went out, no light. They live, it's not like in Tulsa when the lights go out, you know, especially when it's cloudy and, and the lights reflect off of the clouds and you can see, you know, in, you know, you can see out there there's no street lights. You know, they're up over the mountain way back in and uh, down at the bottom. No lights, no straight lights, no neighbor for at least a mile, maybe a mile and a half, you know. It is dark when the lights go out out there. It is dark. And a lot of us older men, you know, we, we have to get up sometimes, you know, two or three times to go to the bathroom. Well, I got up this once about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I knew exactly where I'd go, and I, you know, opened the door, and I had to close it because the cat wants to come in, you know, because he likes that room, and he'll get in our bed, and I don't want a cat in there. But so I shut the door, and just about six inches to the right is the door to the bathroom, you know, and it's a big, huge, wide door. It's wheelchair accessible. They did a good job, you know, planning ahead, and a wheelchair accessible, and uh, so I knew where it was. And the door apparently got open a little bit, you know, and, and had been open. But I looked down toward the kitchen down there just to see if there was a nightlight or something on, you know, because I couldn't see anything. And uh, just just a step or so, enough to lose my bearings. And I went back and I tried to find where the bathroom is. And I wandered around here. Man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, where's, where, where, where's, where it is? And uh, I stumped my toe. And that made me wet my pants. And I mean, I had to go bad. And I tried to feel down here where, what did I stumble over anyway? You know, what is this? And I, I couldn't figure, you know, there was nothing there. And when I was feeling around, I stuck my hand in the open bowl of the toilet. So I thought, man, this is one of them times that proverb comes to light, you know. Man, if I had had that light and that lamp, you know, so every night after that, when I stayed at Sharon, even though the power was on and all that, I took a little flashlight and put it up on the head, headboard of the bed, and I got up every night, I had that flashlight. And you know, and at times like that, and, and you think I'm kidding, but I really did think about that proverb, you know, the, or the song, whatever it is, you know, the light to my feet and lamp. It is so, you know, <laughs> physical, but it is the same way in, in the mental, 
standpoint. You know, we really need the truth of God to, to know where we are and to uh, hopefully not stump our toe and, and not stick your hand in the stool. But anyway, uh, I don't know if I read this one part or not. I, I'm going to. We need a cursor up there to find out where 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 we were for my for me anyway. Uh, I'm gonna I, if I read read this again. Uh, okay, we need it. Oh, remember I told you these things and and verse seven, a mystery iniquity does already work. Okay, I read that till that wicked one be revealed. I read that. And I'll just start on verse nine. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Yeah, I read that. Okay, but this, this will happen. So, lying wonders, and uh, we read in Matthew and some other places, if it were possible, even we, the elect, or we consider elect, could be deceived if it were possible, but if we're doing what we need to do, the elect will not be deceived. But we, we've got to really be watching and be diligent in so many scriptures, and I think Art almost got on some of them too. Uh, Verse 10, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because that they receive not the love of the truth. And how many people do we know over the years and years past that had the love of the truth or diligent, they did their Bible study and their prayer and, and they fellowshiped a lot with us and, and they seemed to be growing, but that for some reason they just lost that zeal, that that. They just, you know, just kind of like leaven, you know, like a little leaven in reverse, you know, a little leaven uh, to the carnality does increase, you know, uh, and, and, you know, and people lost the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion. What cause? Because they had not and they lost the love of the truth of God. We lose that truth, and for that, for that, God shall send in strong delusion that they should believe a lie or deception, that they might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So if we get to where unrighteousness is more pleasurable to us than reading God's word, hearing God's word, fellowshipping with God's people, and hearing the messages, if we get to where... Where, where the pleasures of this life is more important than that, we are in dangerous ground. And I have to tell myself that too. I really do because it's so easy to do. And, we, and, and not that we don't have fun. We can have fun, but we just, we, we just have to get our priorities straight. Here's my last, I think this is my last scripture. Second Peter 1, verse 5 through 10. And beside, breaking in again, and besides this, giving all diligence, not half-heartedly, all diligence, add to your faith. We've got faith. Uh, Art talked about faith. You know, add to that. And we do that in so many ways. And you can make a, uh, a, your own Bible study or even make a message out of how to increase your faith and, and, and things of that nature. And all of these things are they're messages all by themselves. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, 
to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. Anybody need patience? No. And patience, no, temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity or love. For if these things be in you and abound, and, and, and I see that in a lot of our people out here. I see that, and I have seen it for years. If these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You won't be unfruitful. You'll stay that way. But he that lacks these things, excuse me, is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten Hopefully we don't ever forget that he was purred from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall.